Today on Multiverse News, we have new release dates for Marvel properties, everybody. That is very exciting. Uh, we have Across the Spider-Verse is looking to be a huge sequel, and The Search for Superman has begun. Just look up, baby. All that right after this. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Matthew Carroll, and today uh, we have our two co-hosts here today. No J. Scotty this week. No J. Scotty this week. We miss you, J. Scotty. Um, but with us is Haley Hobbs of Source Pages. How you doing, Haley Hobbs? Super duper. What's up, Multiverse? Woo! And we have Jay Sisson of Commute the Podcast. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. Was that like a... Bud White, a Bud Weiser was up reference from like maybe two thousand. <laughs> what if it was? Why that? <laughs> <laughs> was not nearly enough. Why that? I know mine was quite weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have big news to kick it off tonight. Very big news, and it just dropped too, right before we started this show. So it's actually kind of breaking news. Marvel Studios has announced new premiere dates. Loki Season 2 will premiere October 6th, and Echo will premiere November 29th. Just barely a month apart, people. The series, Join the Marvels, currently scheduled for November 10th release as part of the Phase 5 fall lineup. After remarks from Kevin Feige about slowing down production and giving wider breadth uh, between releases, how does this news land, and does it indicate a possible higher level of interconnectivity between these entries? There were a few things that were surprising to me about this. Uh, one is that the Loki date is a little further than I expected. I kind of expected it to be a little bit closer to Secret Invasion, kind of middle of summer or August. So to see October, I was a little shocked by that. To see Echo in November, that was even more surprising. I didn't mm -hmm. think that that was coming until 2024. There haven't really been a whole lot of updates about the filming and the production of that series. And it just seemed like it was constantly getting changed and shuffled around and pushed around. So I was shocked by that. But the most shocking of all of it is that these are two different release schedules. Loki is coming on a weekly release schedule. I think it starts on a Friday. So I think they're moving the dates around. Traditionally, they've kind of played with Wednesday a little bit with mm -hmm. Marvel uh, as a release date in the week. But then they're dropping Echo all at once, all on one what? day. As a, yeah. I had to mm -hmm. go back and read it again to make sure I was reading it right. So you're getting a <laughs> weekly release until about early November. Then you've got about two or three weeks off. The Marvels happens, I think, on the date that the Loki season finale happens, which is kind of what happened with like Black Widow and Loki season one. And then you just roll right into all of Echo all at once. So I don't know if that's just an experimentation thing. Like, let's see what works better. Let's see if the weekly thing works better. Let's see if the dropping it all at once thing works better. But the, that was just a really interesting decision. And it was very uh -huh. surprising to see that. That's shocking to me. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't had a chance to read the article yet. I was driving when you guys uh, were letting me know this had dropped <laughs> and had added it to the script. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, uh, that's great Real news. Real life reaction. <laughs> I hate that, though. Uh, <laughs> because I love the week to week, and I feel like Echo is going to be a really great show for it. Because, you know, it's going to be that thing where we're excited to see Matt Murdock again, and see the relationship develop, and like Fisk. And like I'm sure there'll be a lot of mystery around her history with Fisk and things like I do not love dropping all at once. I know it's a little easier when it's only like, I think this is six episodes. Did they say? Um, I'm not that, sure. That, recent, originally, that's probably right. Or, uh, Most of them have been six. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm guessing is a six episode run, which like, that's great, but it's easier than like when they used to drop four, 13 daredevils at a time. Um, but man, yeah, I, I really hate when they do that. So I'm not cool with that. But I am excited that we have two big release dates so close together. And you were talking about how it's weird that it's so late. Um, but uh, I wonder if originally they were planning to put one in the middle of the summer and then get to the October one. But then with all the shakeup with Jonathan Majors, maybe they had to move that Loki one a little bit to accommodate some changes or something. Yeah, maybe so. I think that... I also like the weekly release schedule because I think it's fun and it gives you something to anticipate. But we know from watching She-Hulk that Marvel does listen to us. And a lot of fans have been saying some of the shows would have been better released all at once. Mm. So this seems like some great experiment. Like, well, maybe this will be one of the shows that they'll say that about, especially because this is a new character being introduced to the MCU. Um, and I, I could see that being a lot of the reason why. I don't think it's a disservice to the character. In fact, we could see that it really helps the character of Echo, who I know I've said in other podcasts on in the past, like, I don't have any relationship to her yet. So maybe this will build a bridge from me to that character who so far hasn't made a big impact on me as mm-hmm. of yet. One of the big things I've noticed when shows do multiple episodes at a time like this is a lot of times it means they're weak episodes like um you'll see uh we're dropping the first three of this season at the time at a time and then you realize it's because the first two aren't very intriguing and it's not till you hit that third one where you go oh now i gotta watch episode four and that's when they make you wait and i'm wondering if they like because we don't know this character as well they're worried about a little fall off uh, a little less caring um, because I, I do think that a lot of people are feeling, I don't even think it's Marvel fatigue. I think it's just this end game happened. And like, how do we, how do you, how do you match up to that? I think everything that is being put out is being compared to end game and the interconnectivity and the like sweeping 10 years of storytelling. And every movie feels like it needs to live up to that. And it's not, they're great movies. I've loved almost everything they've done, um, but they're not living up to Endgame, but they shouldn't have to. And I think it's like almost Marvel made such a good thing that it is is constantly people are like, is Marvel gone downhill? And it's like, yeah, maybe like it's not, it's not, it's peak right now. It's in like a valley building back up to the next peak, you know, and people, uh, I don't know, people are being harsh on a lot of stuff. But then if you think about the actual content, it's so good. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, this is the best thing since Endgame, most recently, Guardians mm-hmm. Volume 3, of course. And for me, no, but I don't think anything's the best since Endgame. I think Endgame is very singular in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When I want to compare a movie to something, it's going to be one of my like standalone favorites, like The Winter mm-hmm. Soldier or Black Widow or something like that. Right. And I don't even really compare them because they're also very different and varied characters. And so 
Yeah, we've kind of got off track, but <laughs> not everything has to be in-game. <laughs> yeah. And not everything will be. Most casual viewers have not kept up with the Disney Plus side of this, and you right. just have to be realistic about that. People that are fans have kept up with everything, obviously, just right in lockstep with it as they come out. But most people who go to the theaters and they caught in-game and they were into it and they caught maybe one or two since then, they haven't been watching She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and all of these shows. And at this point, to try to get somebody to buy in and say, hey, it's time to catch up. There's a new Avengers movie coming out and there's about 12 different shows with six episodes each that you need to go watch to do that. That's a really hard sell for the mm -hmm. average viewer. So I'm just kind of wondering how they're looking at the future of building this universe through TV and just kind of recognizing and grappling with the fact that not everybody's going to grab onto every single thing and you have to work around that and make your universe around that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be great if they went back to sort of the defenders model of things where you're building sort of a smaller universe that exists within the bigger one and have more like interconnectivity between those properties, make them feel important to each other. And then yes, of course make them cross over with the bigger stuff, but with that same understanding we've always had that like not everyone's going to watch everything. So when you put out an Avengers movie, you can't necessarily make it hang on something that happened in episode three of She-Hulk. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm really excited to just have release dates though. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, uh, the hype for James Gunn's DC universe is real and fans are clamoring for his already written Superman legacy movie. But first things first, to cast the Man of Steel himself, David Corinsweet, uh, seen most recently in Pearl, is rumored to be the frontrunner to play Clark Kent, with many contenders for his love interest, Lois Lane, including Rachel Brosnahan, Emma Mackey, and Samara Weaving, to name a few. Plus, Nicholas Holt of Renfield and the Great is rumored to play Superman's baddie, Lex Luthor. Although James Gunn himself has made it known that casting for the film is still in the very early phases, who do we think has what it takes to don the red, yellow, and blue? So I wanted to go first because I want to publicly petition for Rachel Brosnahan to be Lois Lane yes. because I love her so much and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Me and too. I think she'd be amazing and I think she could totally carry a franchise like this on her shoulders. I'm not familiar with the actor that is kind of really rumored for Clark Kent, but Nicholas Holt is also a really fun and great actor, and he does a lot of different things, and so he could be a pretty intimidating Lex Luthor, I think, if he wanted to be. But I'm really, I wasn't super excited for Superman at first, because I'm like, Superman, it's been done, come on, James, do something different. But I am very excited about this, because if he's reaching into a little more, not unknown actors, but maybe less known and not vaulted actors people who aren't having a big moment like pedro pascal for instance i think mm -hmm. that's really exciting and i think that's what makes movies like this that are i'm not going to say tired but we've had superman over and over again i think it makes it more exciting to an audience who is ready to see something fresh mm -hmm. i hear that yeah, casting in this case needs to be creative and you need to get creative with who you're going to cast with age in mind, I think is very important in this instance too, because not only is this the first movie that you're throwing into this universe that you want to kick off and you're establishing around this very core character to the whole thing, but also I think you have 
that Henry Cavill cloud kind of hanging over everything. He was a very, very popular Superman. People still recognize him as Superman. He appeared in a film as Superman like literally last year. And so Mm -hmm. I think when you're looking at, if you're going to cast somebody, if you're looking at casting somebody who's right around his age, I think that will bring out the comparisons in a very... um, just like a very public way. And I think people will kind of constantly be comparing those two people together, whoever gets cast with Cavill. So I think if you can go younger, if you can go fresh, if you can grab somebody that you trust to shoulder a franchise, you can make it its own thing. You can separate it from the past and then you can move forward with a different vision that doesn't have to be attached to the old DC movies. Absolutely. And it's, it's tough. I I'm sitting here like Googling ages because I'm like curious uh, <laughs> about the ages of these actors. Cause oh, from what I had heard that they wa- he wanted a younger Superman. That's part of why he wanted to do the recasting. He wanted to tell a younger Superman story, but this Superman is, uh, if David Corn sweat is, is the first of all, he looks like Superman. Let's just yeah, get that he, out of the way. Does, I know yeah. nothing about this actor, but he <laughs> looks like Superman. Just straight Dead ringer. Dead ringer. Like, like, I think of Henry Cavill as Superman now because he's been Superman for so long. And as soon as I saw David Corden sweat, I was like, oh, he looks more like Superman. Like, he looks <laughs> even more than than uh, Cavill does. And I've had a long time to get used to that. But, like, yeah, these, these, I was thinking he wanted to go like 20 years old or like go really. I was thinking we were getting like him becoming Superman story. But this is, he's a 30 year old actor. This is like the same age that like Cavill was when he was cast right around that, like 10 years ago. So, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's interesting to me, and I also I have a weird thing with like age and actors in things. Rachel Brosnahan, I agree with you. I absolutely love her, uh, Haley. Uh, I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've been watching the final season, and it has been mwah. it's they, they're doing this amazing thing with the final season of out of time storytelling, which I I'm always a big champion for, and like it's going back and forth through the years and telling the final season. But she doesn't look out of time. <laughs> No, she, well, not, not definitely not as much as they they're trying to pretend. Like, oh, it's this is forty years later. She looks yeah. real good for forty years later, and they they actually like hang a lampshade on it with like talking about how all the work she's had done and stuff. Yeah, um, it's really good. Um, she's amazing. I would love her, but I have this weird thing where people that play play roles in in like old times. I think she's older than she is. Like, I feel like she's a grandmother because she plays that era. And I'm like, I keep thinking she's older, but no, she's only 32 apparently. And I'm amazed by that. Yeah. She's so good in that role. That's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's everywhere. And we want it. Listen, James, we want it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board. The other uh, name I looked up, I don't know either of these other two actresses, but uh, Samara weaving, uh, I did recognize her in a couple from a couple of roles, but she looks I I have a bad face blindness, okay? I'm really bad at recognizing faces. <laughs> she looks so much like Margot Robbie to me. Like mm. so much. <laughs> like just I and I'm I pulled up her uh her, her picture and I was like put it just side by side. I was like I can't tell which is which. Um that may be my <laughs> face blindness, but like I think they look incredibly similar. Um anyway. Up next. Summer box office projections are looking ever upward with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse's June release tracking to sling 70 to 80 million in its domestic debut weekend. 
The highly anticipated sequel to 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will continue to follow Miles Morales' Spider-Man as he navigates new adventures with old friends through the multiverse. Do we agree that this animated Spidey outing will be a box office smash? I absolutely think so, and I hope it makes even more money than that in the opening weekend because it's such an awesome movie, the first one. This one looks really... Maybe better. I mm. hate to say, but it might look better. And I think June, you've got summer, you've got kids out of school, you've got parents needing to take their kids to do something that's, you know, out of the house. So I hope that that means we're going to see Spidey sling in a huge box office opening and really shed some light on this this animated movie that I think has kind of a cult following almost. And maybe that'll get some more people out to see it too. Mm-hmm. I'm carrying Jay Scotty's torch today. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the super mario brothers movie has proven that kids are ready to go back to the theaters with their families mm-hmm. and uh they're ready to cash that check so i think yeah this movie is going to be huge there's yeah. going to be that same crowd that went out to the super mario brothers movie with their whole family they're going to go out to this movie too and it is like you said Haley. it's the summer that that boosts the box office. It always does. Kids are out of school. They're ready to go see movies uh, throughout the weekdays. And um, yeah, I think even the estimates that we read just now, I think are a little conservative. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think this movie is going to destroy the box office. Uh, as you said about super Mario brothers, I just looked up it is now the fifth highest grossing animated movie of all time. And listen to this list, the only four above it. And it's about to pass the incredible, Whoa. Weird. The Incredibles 2, which makes sense. <laughs> uh, sequels often do better than their originals. Uh, Incredibles 2, it's about to pass. And Frozen, Frozen 2, and The Lion King are the only thing that have, uh, you know, wait. The Lion huge. King remake? Wait. <laughs> that's. I guess that's animated? I mean, it, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know how I feel about that. It's saying it's the 2019 <laughs> version of Lion King is the highest ranked animated movie i don't think that's i don't consider that animated it's like the live action version i mean it is what source are you using is this wikipedia uh yeah probably um but uh but but still like yeah that's crazy so high and i do agree i think people are ready to go back but also like you need that thing that crosses over between not only do you need people to want to go with their kids to the movies but you need a movie that parents want to go to and that kids want to go to. And yep. you need them both to want to go over and over. And Super Mario Brothers, I've heard is great. I still haven't seen it. I know. I feel like I'm uh, ruining my nerd cred or something. <laughs> but I think I will be in uh, the seats for Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, or across the multiverse, Spider-Verse. Uh, whatever <laughs> it is. I will be there uh, on opening night. Because I think it looks amazing. Everyone loves the version. It is of the last like five years, it is one of the most, or like 10, six years. I don't know how long it was came out. It, it is one of the most highly regarded Marvel movies, like in, including the MCU. It's, it's up there in the discussion for best ever Marvel movie. Um, and that's pretty impressive for, for not having a canon to lean on and just being like, we're going to drop this amazing movie and you're all going to absolutely love it. I think this one has huge potential. Yeah, last year I had to take my kids to the Paw Patrol movie, and the whole time I was getting ready to do it, I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I have to go to the Paw Patrol movie this weekend. It was like I was not wanting to go. So we went to the Paw Patrol movie, we did the thing, but I was like not 
it wasn't a priority in my schedule to get to the theater <laughs> to see the Paw Patrol movie. But this is a movie that I'm going to be like, hey, guys, we're going like tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's go because I want to see it too. So uh, I think, like you said, Matt, when you can kind of bring those worlds together, that's where the sweet spot yep. is. That's what's mm-hmm. going to rake it in. I'm going to have to buy a ticket for myself, a ticket for, you know, my two oldest kids. Like, that's uh, that's yeah. going to be money that uh, a lot of people are going to be spending. And that's why the I think that's why the Super Mario Brothers has done so well is from what I hear, it hits the nostalgia for all of those people that are our age, but kids are loving it. So it's yeah, like when, yeah, when I went to the theater with my kids to see it, it was like people were walking in with like 10 kids, just like filling mm-hmm. out rows of seats, <laughs> just getting all the popcorn, all that. I mean, people, it was a whole event, you know, people were just all going together as whole extended families and friends and everything. Absolutely. And I, I think you know, Spider-Verse has the same potential. And if it's good, that's the other thing is like, if it's good, it will continue to make money week over week over week. Like Mario brothers has up next, as we recently reported HBO max and discovery are combining to create a streaming service Megazord dubbed max. Now, uh, Disney plus and Hulu will likewise combine into a single streaming platform later this year. Although both services will still be available as standalone streaming platforms, the price tiers are expected to change with ad-supported options available after the content merger. After a generation of cord cutting, does it feel like we're returning to cable packaging? (laughs) Uh, In a way, yeah. Um, I am mad about this because I got... Hulu for free when I had Sprint like 10 years ago and Sprint doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore, but my free Hulu account still exists. And uh, now work? it's just going to get <laughs> merged together. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to continue to exist. So you're free when Mike keep going. <laughs> so, you know, this means a couple things. Uh, it means that the price will change because there's going to be more content exactly like what's going to happen with Max. Uh, it means that they'll probably keep you where you're at, but you're going to start seeing ads unless you want to pay to get rid of the ads like i think that's probably Mm -hmm. inevitable that already happens on hulu anyway yeah so you have that but it also means content purge there's going to be a content purge off of disney and hulu both before they merge these two worlds together Uh, you have to go through and you have to figure out what properties you want to leave behind and then what properties do you want to drop on disney side to make room for hulu content and everything like that i think the espn is coming too at some point i mean these are all disney owned companies i think right now you can bundle disney plus and hulu and espn plus all together so i think at some point you're going to see espn move into this kind of umbrella of this whole thing uh right now comcast actually owns 33 percent of hulu so disney is going to have to buy that from them uh it will cost them somewhere to the tune of nine billion dollars to do that but they will have to probably do that before this major merger can happen that's like two whole star wars (laughs) yeah Literal wars in the stars. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the CEOs of the companies have said as much. The CEO of uh, Comcast said earlier this week that basically, yeah, we'll probably have to sell it to Disney. And then Bob Iger said the same, like, yeah, we're probably going to have to buy that from Comcast. So you'll see these two worlds merge together. But there's a lot to happen. And uh, eventually, I don't know, we'll just uh, we'll get these two worlds brought together. But it's going to be a long, drawn out process with lots of changes and changes to your wallet and changes to your ads and changes to your content along the way. Hmm. What's $9 billion yeah. anyway? <laughs> Amongst friends. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> 
you say they're going to be removing things. What makes you think they're going to be have to remove things to make the merger happen? Did as that happen with Mac the Max merger? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it did happen with Max, and they said as much too. Um, in the this all came down in like an earnings call for uh, for Disney, and you know they're in a weird place right now. They have to sh- kind of sh- uh, sell the idea to their stockholders that they shouldn't jump ship because uh, they've never really recovered from the pandemic. They mm-hmm. their stock crashed during the pandemic, and it never really came back up even after the theaters opened and the theme parks opened and everything like that. And there's they're always in the news for something or other. They're always getting caught up in culture wars and all kinds of stuff with, I mean, it's, it's a, it's as the CEO, you have to come in and you have to sell this idea of like, Hey, we've got a plan. Uh, and so that was part of the presentation as Iger was saying, look, we are going to merge these two things together. We think it helps us compete more with these bigger, like Paramounts and Max and all these other streaming services, which are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And here we have these two things that we own that people are subscribed to one or the other, or like they've got a foot in both camps, but it makes financial sense to kind of merge these two things together. But to do that, we're going to have to kind of take stock of what we can shave off, which is the same thing that's going to happen with Max too. Is that there's there's already a list out there right now floating around of like here's all the content that you're going to be losing uh, before this merger happens, and I don't think a list exists for Disney yet, but that was pretty much established that that will happen. It won't be anything major. It'll just be like random shows and animated stuff and stuff that not very many people watch. Probably <laughs> here's what I want. I want a streaming service called like The Graveyard. <laughs> Where it's like all the shows that were like made for some streaming service 10 years ago and they weren't that popular. So they get kind of kicked off the streaming services. And so they're just kind of swimming in this uh, space where you can't find them anymore. And like a streaming service is just like, we'll pay you very little, but we'll give you a home. And it's like, <laughs> just like all the stuff that got kicked off other places. Cause I hate that this content exists in the world and it's not going to continue to live on in streaming services. I realize they have to pay people residuals as they keep things, but it pisses me off that because they're trying to avoid paying people residuals, they're just, just getting rid of content. I mean, it, it reminds me of the, the, the Batgirl movie, uh, you know, just, yep. just let's just nix that. It's not going to exist. Yep. Michael Keaton's <laughs> in that movie. As Batman, <laughs> what in the world? How are we not getting that movie ever? I don't know. That's a whole other story. Sorry, I, I feel like I keep jumping in, and I don't think Haley's had a chance to respond to the story. <laughs> well, I have this anecdote from when I was in communication school, and I think I came up with it in my like advertising analysis class, which was as interesting as it sounds. And I remember thinking, and probably saying to my professor, "Disney's going to own like all the media someday, right?" <laughs> and he was like, "I don't know." That has only become more true the longer i've been out of school when they acquired fox i was like here we go it's starting and Mm. now they're gonna acquire comcast and i'm like what are we gonna do when disney just owns everything right and are they gonna call this app just like mouse to go with max Mm. (laughs) please don't these are not genius takes by any means it's just what's been floating around my brain while you guys were talking (laughs) (laughs) oh man you're going to get my free Hulu from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, let's turn to our Spotify poll this week. Uh, yeah. So over on Spotify, if you're listening or watching, which you can see video on Spotify now uh, of the podcast, if you're listening or watching on Spotify, uh, you can take part in the poll. And we have, uh, will you see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 more than once in the theaters? And 63% of you said yes. Uh, and, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty big. I, we were talking a lot about how, like, 
this one's just a painful watch for a lot of people. A lot of people I've talked to has not have are not going to go see it again because it's just this too hard. Um, so yeah, that's sixty three percent of you guys. Wow, cool. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I figured that it would be the other way around. Yeah, e- even just will you go to the theater twice? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's is, is that's, that's the sticking point for me. I don't want to yeah. go to the theater twice <laughs> see a movie I've already seen. Yeah, I, mean, I loved that movie, but you know I can't can't imagine going to the theater again but i'm on, I'm on the other i'm on the the minority side i guess <laughs> yeah because you guys aren't rewatchers. <laughs> yeah that's true i don't rewatch anything though yeah same i went same. and saw black widow like three times i saw shang chi twice i'm pretty sure <laughs> i've seen i've seen every marvel movie one time wow no, that's not true i've seen infinity war twice wow oh well once in the theater once in the <laughs> that's that's impressive that's an impressive rewatch uh record or whatever um I'm kind of the same way. I, I tend to rewatch the Marvel movies more just because of I do the MCU cast. But like that's that's if if I didn't, I don't know. I'd probably rewatch the Marvel movies just because I love them so much. But like, yeah, uh, I it's it's probably one of the only universes. The only the only movie I've rewatched a lot in the last few years is um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've seen it like eight or nine times now. I think that's how many times I've seen WandaVision. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! So so many multiverse shows. I love I love a good. I love a good uh, affected reality. Uh, Last thing we do here on the show is the lightning round, where we are going to take some stories that couldn't make it into the main chunk of the show, and we're going to each only have one person respond to them. Uh, You can uh, buzz in by saying your name, and you can respond to whatever story you like, and you get one rebuttal if you want to say something that you missed the buzz in for. Uh, So let's get started on the lightning round. Long-running animated series Archer is coming to an end after its 14th season, which will debut on August 30th. Matt, uh, I don't have much to say except Archer is amazing, and I can't believe it made it this long. Honestly, like 14 seasons <laughs> feels really long for... Uh, I don't know. It, it's a There's a balance there because it's like, it feels really long for Archer. I think it's such a good show and has such great talent behind it. Like, there are big names behind the voices and everything, but like... Uh, it also, you know, when you think about adult cartoons, you think of things like the Simpsons that have been running for like 30 years. So yeah, it's sad to see this one go. Cause I do love Archer. I've never, never not enjoyed an episode of Archer. Love that show. Up next, a newly released trailer for the upcoming Doctor Who 60th anniversary special episodes features the return of David Tennant and Catherine Tate to the iconic British series. And I'm realizing... Haley? Oh, you got to Haley, get it, get it. I can, do. <laughs> I can do Doctor Who. I've watched Doctor Who. Uh, David Tennant's such a favorite, so I know this is met with a lot of excitement from Doctor Who fans, especially with uh, Catherine Tate as his companion. So I know that I would probably tune in to watch this, even though I've only seen the whole series once. That's not something I've rewatched, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, it, actually, there's an episode that has like traumatized me, and every time I think about it, it gives me nightmares. Which so one? we won't talk about that, but I would totally <laughs> tune in to see... Such a great actor, David Tennant, return to the role. I'm going to take my rebuttal to ask which episode. <laughs> um, it's the one where it, David Tennant's the doctor, and they're mm-hmm. on this island, and he goes on, uh, not an island, they're on a planet. He goes on this, like, train, and they're, like, out in the in nothing, and they're like, you can't, you can't leave because you'll burn in the radiation or whatever. But then this presence, like, starts to um, possess the people on the train, and it's creepy, and and they start like mimicking each other, and it's like 
It is the stuff of absolute nightmares to me. Yeah, it is. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't. I I vaguely, that that sounds like really familiar. That sounds really familiar. But like, there's a lot of those great one-off horror episodes of Doctor Who that are almost, they're not what I watch Doctor Who for, but it's like, it's a large portion of the episodes are just like weird, like a third of the episodes are just a weird horror movies um, that turn into- It's called Midnight. Midnight. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, Freaky Friday stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan are both set to return in a new sequel to the 2003 Body Swap film. Jay, Body Swap movies are back, baby. Uh, You know, I mean, it's... This has been a thing that like died out. Like we stopped making body swap movies a long time ago. And then, uh, what was that movie with Catherine uh, Newton and uh, Vince Vaughn? Uh, I think it was just called Freaky. It came out like a year or two ago, oh, and yeah, she yeah, like yeah. yeah, she was like a high school student, like swapped bodies with a serial killer or something. And everybody was like, "Man, this movie was really good. Like it got really good reviews. People went out and saw it." So the body swap is still alive, <laughs> and uh, this is this is proof of it. Jamie Lee Curtis even said that that's the thing she gets asked about the most. It's not, "Hey, when are you making more Halloween movies?" It's, "When are you making a Freaky Friday sequel?" That's so crazy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, up next, Disney dropped their first trailer for Haunted Mansion, a film based on the popular Disney theme park ride. Uh, The film will release in theaters on July 28th and features big names such as Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, uh, Dan Levy, and Jamie Lee Curtis, to name a few. Matt, I just thought this trailer looks great. (laughs) It just looks amazing. Um, I, I just, I really, really like it. I like the style of it. I like the uh, the the ta- cast is amazing. Um, the one we didn't mention there was Lakeith Stanfield, who it seems like he's one of the main characters of the movie, maybe even the main character, and he is just someone I love. Hassan Minaj, um, also Jared Leto. Uh, it it just seems like. Uh, it, it's from. It says. It says when it opens up. It says from the creators of the Pirates of the Caribbean, which makes sense. It's another ride being created, or from the production company or something. Um, which like, if they can do that good of a job, because I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So you know that that like opens my mind to this might be great. And then this cast is freaking killer. Um, really, really use great my cast. Rebuttal. I watched yeah. the Muppets Haunted Mansion movie and it was pretty Ooh. good. <laughs> I bet there's not a bad so check it out. movie. <laughs> awesome. I will. Uh, okay. Up next, uh, renowned playwright David Mamet is directing a film called Assassination, centered around the murder of John F. Kennedy, starring Al Pacino, Viggo Mortensen, and John Travolta. The film will tell an alternate version of history through the eyes of the mob who ordered the assassination as a hit. Haley, uh, I would be very interested in watching this, especially with David Mamet directing it. Like, that's kind of interesting to me. But I'm currently watching White House Plumbers on HBO Max, which is kind of satirical about Watergate, but it's really, really well done. And so if this can be done about a historical event in the same way, it probably won't be quite as funny as White House Plumbers is, and that's okay, it shouldn't be. This was a horrible thing that happened, but I'd be very interested in this kind of fresh take on something that's happened a long time ago at this point and look at some new look at it through some new eyes. Mm. 
All right. Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, and Emma Stone will star in Poor Things, a film about a young woman brought back to life by a brilliant but unorthodox scientist a la Frankenstein. Matt. Oh, oh, we all got uh, Haley, uh, I think I heard Haley first. Uh, I was going to say, I saw the trailer for this, and I think it looks awesome. It looks like kind of a dark comedy or a black comedy. And uh, I love Emma Stone and pretty much everything. And you got Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo beside her. Looks like a genius cast to me. Hey, that's all I was going to say. Trailer looks great. I agree. Trailer looks great. I'm going to say something. Because I, I used kind of a fake rebuttal to ask you a question earlier. So I'm just going to say this. I just <laughs> sure. think the the style of this looks amazing. Like, mm-hmm. not just the cast. Yeah. It looks really well acted. It looks really interesting. But, like, it looks like that sort of Taron Gillian almost. Like, like kind of like everything is happening in this world that looks, like, real but not real. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, weird, cool backgrounds and stuff. I just really love that kind of filmmaking. So I'm I'm pumped for this. I'm going to use my rebuttal to say that we talk a lot about the Pedro Pascal Renaissance, the Pascalissance, but <laughs> William Defoe is having the Defoeissance right now. Mm-hmm. He's in everything. We've just mentioned like three movies that he's in. He's <laughs> wow. in. He's in. He's and he's in Beetlejuice too. Too. Yeah. He, joined, he joined that cast last week. He's in. He's like all over this episode. Wow. Yeah, this that's is a Willem Defoe cast. <laughs> mm-hmm. The. Mo- multiverse multiverse of Willem Dafoe news uh, alright next up we got the highly anticipated follow up to Nintendo's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was released this past Friday the new release titled Le- The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has already uh, cemented itself as one of the highest rated games on the Nintendo Switch topping gaming charts over the weekend Jay uh, I haven't played it yet. I'm going to play it. I played Breath of the Wild, uh, which was amazing. It was a great experience. And uh, I've heard from anyone who's played this that it, this is better and takes it to the next level. I mainly put this in here for Scotty, but but I forgot that he wasn't going to be here this week. So uh, <laughs> I know that he's a big Zelda guy. But also, I think the success of Zelda means the inevitable is coming, which is a big screen adaptation of Zelda. That will happen at some Ooh. point, especially seeing how this game is selling. And it's getting 10 out of 10 across every major publication. If people are saying, go buy a Switch just to play the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So that is coming at some point. Now, will it be connected to the Super Mario Brothers movie? I mean, probably because everything's in a universe now, but uh, just expect to see that in the next five years or so. Mm. The trailer for the upcoming spinoff series, The Walking Dead, Dead City, features Lauren Cohen as Maggie and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. The pair navigate New York City on a mission to save Maggie's kidnapped son. Matt? Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this, except I just, uh, I, I didn't even know, I, 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 spoilers, I guess. Uh, I, I like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I haven't watched the last like two seasons of the walking dead. Um, but from where we, I, where I last saw these characters, this is a big leap from where they were to where this is happening. Um, they were kind of two characters that really hate each other. Um, but they've done a lot to rehab, uh, the character of Negan and I, and I, I, I was digging it, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of. I need to get kept, caught back up and watch this because I, I don't know. New York City full of zombies sounds pretty fun. Dead City, it's just a great name. Dead City is a great name. <laughs> All right, up next, Emmy favorite Pedro Pascal will star in Weapons, the latest movie from Zach Krieger, filmmaker of breakout horror hit Barbarians. 
uh, Barbarians got a huge, Jay, sorry, uh, got a huge <laughs> um, following. Like, people loved this movie, and it was kind of obscure, and then it just got word of mouth going, and people started going out and seeing it, and it made a lot more money than people thought it was going to make. So I think if you were excited about that movie, you have to be excited about this movie. And, I mean, it wouldn't be a week of multiverse news if we didn't talk about Pedro Pascal <laughs> landing some sort of lead actor role in some major film. So no surprise there. Does he know he has to actually make these movies he's agreeing to make? Like, <laughs> it feels like he's kind of committing himself for a long time. <laughs> it's like a gentleman's agreement. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. I'll do that, sure. <laughs> Every week there's another one, and then he's like, he looks at his schedule. He's like, I have to make 700 movies this year. <laughs> I got to be on The Last mistake. of Us 2, and I got to be on Gladiator and The Mandalorian. He's just going to be sending and... his voiceover for Mandalorian through voice memos at this point on his phone. Yeah, him and Willem Dafoe will now be represented by AI. He's like, look, the, du- the dude has a helmet. Like, do you really need me there? Yeah, like, no. Like, it could be anybody under there. Oh, man. Up next, Tom Holland will star in The Crowded Room, a mystery thriller that will also star Amanda Seyfried on Apple TV+. Haley, I guess, I think I saw an Instagram reel that this, whatever this is, like, really disturbed Tom Holland, that he, like, wanted to shave his head after filming it or something. (laughs) I think it was about this. Mm. That's all I got. He went sober, too, which, you know. He did uh, go sober. Yeah, he said that this uh, movie caused him to uh, embrace sobriety and he's been sober ever since making it or film or series not movie interesting mm. uh, that, that uh, that's intense it's always interesting yeah. when care when actors yeah. like want to fall uh, like, like a role makes them like change their life like <laughs> okay Disney is evidently continuing production on season two of Andor, though showrunner Tony Gilroy states he has not been on set since the Writers Guild of America strike. Jay, uh, Tony Gilroy got called out on social media. He, uh, people started posting about him being at the set and finishing kind of like ghostwriting duties on the script while they were making it and calling him a scab and saying he was like crossing the picket line and all this type of stuff. So he responded to that by saying, I haven't been anywhere near the set since this writer strike happened. Um, who knows really what happened in that whole thing but it it sh- goes to show how the writer's strike impacts all these different levels past just well you need somebody to write the thing and then you can make the thing i mean this is the guy who's the creator of the mm. thing he wrote it he imagined it he created everything about it and he's nowhere near it while they're producing it and making it right now just seems like a problem and i think mm. It's it's going to be not just isolated to Andor. You're going to see that across different types of things as you've got these creatives who are going to feel torn between, well, I want to go make my thing that I've already written, but I also don't want to be seen as somebody, I mean, you're talking about getting kicked out of the union and the writer's guild and all this type of stuff. Like it's not just about a reputation. It's There's a lot of consequences for stepping over the picket line in the entertainment industry. Mm. Yeah. And- you know, it's interesting. This is not a response. It's just a general discussion about media in general. Uh, <laughs> uh, fil- f- filmmaking is interesting in that people who make movies, the director is king. Like, the director is the king of the movie. Like, it is it is their vision, generally. Like, a writer wrote the movie, and they take it, and they shepherd it to finishing. Um, but 
TV's the opposite. Like the writer is king. The writer writes the thing, and then they are generally the showrunner, and then there's a different director every week in most shows. So you've got this like it's just this reverse. I always found that very fascinating. And like the idea of going back and forth between those two seems like whiplash. Like writing a movie and giving it to a director after you've been like show running all this time, you know, uh, and shepherding a show like that. It's 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 interesting how that how that breaks down and how movie making and TV making are so different. Okay. Well, that is all from multiverse news, my friends. Uh, please, uh, my friends here on the cast with me, uh, tell us, uh, about where people can find you online. Haley Hobbs. Yes. You can find me on source pages, podcasts, a reading collective with Brian V. Klein. We read comics and novels as primers for all the geeky TV shows and movies you love. We will be reading comics for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I'm very excited about. So check us out. We're covering all the stuff this year. Mm. Jay Sisson. Uh, I'm a co-host of Commute the Podcast, which is a weekly educational show where we try to get through three interesting topics in 20 minutes, try to make you smarter on your way to get where you're going. Uh, we should also mention our uh, MIA co-host, uh, Jay Scotty St. Clair, who had a prior obligation tonight, is on Animation Deliberation. If you're yeah. into animation, you should go check out his podcast and subscribe and give it a review, too. Um, even though he's not with us here tonight, go show him some support. That's some, that's some very sweet uh, J for yeah. J plugs there. <laughs> we got to look out for each other. Us Jays. <laughs> yeah, you Jays really got to watch out for each other out here in these streets. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we are Multiverse News. Uh, I'm on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Oh, if you like Barry, if you like the show Barry, me and Jay Scotty have also been covering that. Um, and uh, been having a lot of fun. It's only got two more episodes left, so we're getting down to the finale. And I've just been having a great time talking about that show every week because I've been watching it kind of in a very insular solo way for three years. And now I'm finally getting to like really talk about it. And it's just been a lot of fun. So we will be, uh, we'll be over there very soon. Um, finishing that show. And then you and me and Jay Scott are doing mission impossible. That is and true. Symbol. That is oh, true. Get ready for that journey. The trailer, the trailer for, uh, what's the next one called? Dead that Reckoning. Comes out, it comes one. out, comes out tomorrow, which I guess if you're listening to this comes out today. So, uh, we'll be, uh, talking about that next week, I guess. Ooh, Dead Reckoning. Part one. Such a bad name, but I'm excited about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Haley Atwell, everybody. Haley Atwell. Um, all right. We'll be back next week, guys. Peace. I don't have a snazzy tagline like Scotty does. <laughs> 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 <laughs>